0: Hey community, and welcome to the Jock Mailbag. Returning for another season, I wasn't here last week, so Clarky had to kick it off with Baron, and they started some very good discussions based on some of your questions. And we're back again to answer some more of your questions heading into round two. How are you going, Clarky?
1: Yeah, good. It's good to have the dynamic duo back together. Uh, I am now shaved, Uh, world's greatest shave. I did that on the weekend, raised over $1,500 for charity. So anyone who's listening who contributed to that, thank you so much. I really appreciate your support and all goes to a good cause. So uh, that takes away from my pain that was round one.
0: And we've actually got a question on the back of that. So we'll jump straight in. Patch wants to know, how fast can you run doing your heckin' zoomies now? That you have a smooth head, <laughs> and are you a potential defensive rookie?
1: Look, I'm ready. Uh, I'm I'm ready. Coach put me in. Um, actually, I played basketball last night. the uh, last game of our, our domestic season, and I I genuinely did feel faster without all the hair.
0: I must say, you are looking very aerodynamic.
1: Yeah, it's very good. I got the uh, the old Tom Bell chambers, so I'm ready to go. Um, definitely. Definitely different, and coming into winter, I can feel all the elements on my head. So I imagine this is what Leck feels like all the time without the glory of a mustache.
0: (laughs) Well, now you got to get a mustache, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's the next step to make me the true super coach expert.
0: All right, so heading into round two, the overarching theme, I guess, from a lot of people is you got to hold your trades just have another look for it for another week. Price rises don't go up until round three, so you've got a chance to make sure that. the dud players are actually dud players and not just didn't have a down week. I know it sucks when they have a down week in round one, but it happens more often than we think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, speaking from my my team, I, I was a little off the pace, but I think, you know, scoring, I scored mid 2100s, mid to high 2100s for the first week. And my only real issues were Darcy Parrish had a bit of a rough game and Ridley had a rough game, which is expected when you're getting absolutely slapped um, you know, Whitfield was a little bit down, but I think a lot of the chances that I took are paying off. so I definitely think if you can't if you can afford to just not touch your team, if you don't have any injuries or long term, you know if you picked Christian Salem, he's going to be out for two months, then move him on but you know try not try not to mess with it and fix your rookies I guess if you really really have to. But you know, I think I think everyone was kind of really happy with how round one played out, even if you had a bit of a, a bit of a downdraft with some players.
0: And um, Grady has actually asked a question over on the Twitter. Um, the advice is not to make any trades this week. How does it change after round two? Which players do we consider moving on, and what type of players do you target? Does the advice to not trade still apply for our premiums, or does the price change make you cull underperformers? I guess the first thing you got to do is make sure you have all the right rookies because if you don't have all the right rookies, then your cash generation is going to stall. The good good thing about premiums is they usually play every game that they're available and availability is going to be huge this season. So if you can manage an 80 average from someone who you thought was going to average 105 for a few more weeks or or one more week, then that's going to serve you better than not having the right rookies, especially if you're at risk of potentially having a donut on your field this early.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got Sam DeConnick and even then I'm thinking of just ways I can get around that rather than getting rid of him because cash generation is going to be the key that continues you on through the whole season. As you're saying, you know, um, Jordan Ridley and guys like Max Gorn underperformed as well. You know, you're not really once is an anomaly, and then twice as a pattern. So use round two really as sort of your gauge of if your primos are paying off. And if you're really not comfortable with them, then maybe moving them on to somebody who looks like they have a very friendly, you know, whether it's a role change or whether it's just, you know, a better mat- better matchups in the coming weeks. That's that's probably where you want to be looking at it. The advice for not trading round one, I think, applies across the board. It's about setting yourself up for the season and not about getting the best score for that week. Although if you can get it, that 1K wouldn't be too too unhandy in the bank. But...
0: And I say this every year, maybe not on a podcast or out into the public, but I always say I'm going to focus on getting my rookies off the field first. And if that means I have to eventually trade out a Jordan Ridley at 400k instead of 531k or whatever it is, then I guess that's what I got to do because Jordan Ridley is going to play most weeks. There is every chance that there is a week that he will go big if he isn't going big before. And he's got job security, whereas a rookie, their scoring is volatile. Like, you don't know if they're going to come out and score 30 or 130 or 80 or 60. It really depends on how they are adjusting to the level of AFL footy. And we had some great scores in round one from Nick Dacos, Jack Hayes, Nick Martin. uh, Jason Horn Francis even looked pretty good at the level. Didn't score quite as high, but looked very comfortable. Like Those sorts of players, if you don't have them, you should go and get them, but they're the players that are probably going to to be less reliable on the scoring front than you would have hoped, and uh, if you have Mitch Owens, then maybe uh, see if he lines up this week, but um, he's one that should be on your chopping block before any of your primos that you've put all the research into over the preseason and selected based on their body of work.
1: Yeah, he really suffered, I think, with just time on ground. And when he had it, he didn't really get a good chance. Poor, poor Mitch Owens just kind of came from the heavens. Um, Rochelle as well from Adelaide had a really good week. But, you know, I don't think we can expect that from the guys every week. Um, but, yeah, I think... I wasn't alone as well. Having Nick Martin and Hayes on the bench was nice uh, for me to go, oh, look, look at all that money I'm going to be making for a couple of weeks. And then thinking, well, I don't have the points on the field. So that would have really made a difference to my week. But if you, those are probably the guys that you want to look at if you do need to trade this week. Um, But even like if you picked up uh, Ward from Hawthorne, uh, didn't play the last quarter. Uh, from the information that was given to me uh, by Damo, actually, not too long ago. But, you know, he had a pretty disappointing score for a 180k rookie, but I don't think it's someone you should really look at moving on straight away because they look like they want to get him in there and that, that means that there is still upside at the price point. And
0: warm bodies is everything this season. So, just having someone scoring for you is going to be huge this season. Um, there are some plays that people took risks on, though. Like, and one of those was Adam Trelaw. Um, Justin, uh, Justin Flynn has asked if Trelaw is a hold or a trade. He's highlighted that Gorn, Crisp, and Whitfield are all holds. Um, but something tells him that Trelaw might not be the hundred average that he was hoping for.
1: I think it's hard with Trelaw, just because he seemed to, I, I went to the, I, I was at the game, um, the Melbourne Western Bulldogs game. Brilliant game. I think, um, you know, as a side note, I love seeing Melbourne play the Western Bulldogs, especially the current sides because they're two elite teams. But Trelaw kind of looked like he wasn't really, I don't know the best way to put it, but he wasn't really going in for like contact and like hard sort of, ball gets, which kind of affects it, but they still really want the ball in his hands. I think he's very, not quite, you know, Petrarca-esque scores, but very similar where it's he might be able to go forward and kick a couple goals and he's going to get some really important possessions that are going to bring his scores up, Um, you know, even if it's something as like a goal that puts him ahead, you know, that's sometimes worth, you know, as much as like I've seen like 15 to 20 points go onto someone's score just purely for a really crunch time score i i personally i think at his price maybe hold him for another week or two and see if that improves over the season he he maybe is kind of trying to ease himself into the year um because we know he does have a little bit of an injury history nothing like you know nothing major but maybe a little bit of soreness and maybe you know some little niggles that are sort of going, going on but they they want him in the team and they really want him to be an important ball user whether that's scoring, whether that's midfield. So he might be thrown around a little bit, but you have to be willing to take obviously those highs and lows.
0: And we know that Luke Beveridge likes to throw the magnets around a little bit. Like we saw Tom Liberatore mainly playing in the forward line and maybe that's been the compromise from them to keep Josh Dunkley around, but maybe because Dunkley, McRae and Bontempelli are, there going to be their main three in the midfield. Trelaw has had to find himself another position and Maybe that's on the wing, or maybe that's across half forward. Maybe we might even see him line up across half back at some point. I would still wait until after round two to make a decision on Adam Trelaw, But we may not even get a proper read on Adam Trulaw if Bontempelli is out for round two with his um, ankle in-, in with his ankle injury, and so it may be the case of if you're not comfortable, then maybe that. Corrective trade is needed, and if well, you just... think there's grass greener uh, for another prop, for another selection, then maybe you got to do it. But my advice is wait and see in round two.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry, not, no, didn't mean to try and interrupt there. But um, twenty six touches, sixty nine percent efficiency, and zero tackles from Trulor. even just a raise in that efficiency, laying a couple of tackles, that makes the difference between you know like a ton and, you know, a high 80s kind of thing. So I definitely think he's probably a wait and see and see if he pulls up a little bit better or if he, he could improve over the season, I think, for sure.
0: And only four contested possessions as well. Yeah. So if he so gets yeah, more he, contested he, possessions, lays a couple of tackles.
1: So it seems like he wasn't really going in for like those those higher risk sort of big contact um, kind of possessions,
0: and he played on the wing as yep. well, and that would have been as a result of a couple of players not there. And
1: yeah, Johannesson was the the laid out from the warm up, I believe.
0: Yep. Um, but Lucky Hunter did play, and he played on the opposite wing by the looks of it. Um... But looks like they had lots of players rotating through that wing half-forward position with Dunkley, McRae, and Bontempelli, the main man in the middle. So um, I think give Trelaw another week. There's probably going to be more opportunities against Carlton for him to show what he can really do. Um, and Carlton were great against Richmond, so it's not going to be because Carlton are a lesser team because I think they're going to be very good this year. But um, they might you might get a better idea because... Melbourne just destroy teams at the moment like they're just on a high and they just destroy teams at the moment just based on their confidence so yeah I'm <laughs> so um you probably get a better idea of how players are going to perform for the Western Bulldogs against Carlton this week than you would have last week against Melbourne
1: it's so, weird it's weird thinking of my football team and not having to go hey maybe we'll cook this one <laughs> but I think no look and and that's and I think you saw that in the Bulldogs game as well um, not to keep going on about Trulaw, but like Melbourne, just we went on like we went on a roll to take back that lead from them, and then basically cruise the game out, kind of thing. So I think it's very much um, you're going to see a lot more, I think, from Trulaw this week.
0: We'll move on. I don't know how he's segue into this next question, so I'm just going to come <laughs> out and ask it. Um, do we think that Wits can average 110? This comes from Big Ben on Twitter. Love Big Ben. Always gets involved. Um, Thanks, ben do we think that Wits can average 110? He says, yes. Gorn better find some form or he reckons he will pull the trigger.
1: Don't do that, Ben, because Gorn has a history as well of not having good round one super coach scores. I will say that.
0: I think his um, last four round ones, if we include last week was like 92, 93, 93 and 89 or something.
1: Yeah, that's it. And he still goes on to average 120 for the season. Wits, however, I think he has the reverse knickknack problem where He's got Tuk Miller. He's got Matt Rowe. He's got like Noah Anderson. He's got good, good footballers to tap it down to. Hit outs to advantage. It's like, hard for
0: Wits to not hit out to advantage because of yeah. those players at his feet. Yeah, exactly. It's. I think there is a risk of selecting him, or there was a risk in selecting him rather, because he had only just joined main training before he played in that Amy series game. Yep. Only played 50 cent of that game time which they said was planned, which could very well be the case. And then he lines up round one and he does quite well. It looked great in the Amy series as well, but he looked quite good against the West Coast. But this week he's coming up against Max Gorn. And I think yeah. this week we will get a better representation of how he matches up against a midfield that can match it with Gold Coasts.
1: And I think the thing is as well, um, to touch on Max Gorn as well, six freeze against that, Max that. Gorn
0: had an awful game. And he still Tim, scored 92. Yeah, if 92 is going to be Gorn's floor, then you run with it. Just,
1: I just think take with, that and run. I think Wits will 100% reward people who started him this year. After seeing that Gold Coast game, Gold Coast, they still have a lot of problems around the field. Um, like, look, I love them. They're, like, they're kind of my favorite underdog team at the moment. I just There's a lot to love about the current Gold Coast side. But as I say, like the hit outs of advantage, the opportunity that he has to make, you know, make points from ruck contests and just being around the ground, I think is massively raised seeing Matt Rowell out on the field, nice fit and healthy seeing took Miller out there, absolutely killing it. And you know, all that young talent that they've got there. So I think wits will definitely be someone who rewards people who took the risk early on. The injury history is definitely a concern though. So, you know, you'll probably, I think be prepared to, move him on if that does eventuate hopefully not um, but I think in the meantime I, I definitely think 110 is realistic you know based off one game but you know it's a long season but I think it's realistic to think that he could do that
0: I don't know if I'm ready to back in 110 average I but I am going to say I think he could comfortably average above 100 where people would where people would like him to be whether he reaches that point in um, to average that much is he's going to depend on how he fares against teams with better midfields and better Ruckman. And not, Nick Natanui is is a good Ruckman, but he didn't really have the midfield to match with Gold Coast. Whereas he's up against Melbourne this week. Gorn is a good we'll Ruckman see it, see and it. has the midfield to match it. Yeah, so we'll see it this week, we will see this week how good Jared Witts is really going to be for supercoach for the for the year yeah perfect defense was a mess on in 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 in, 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 in round one and everyone's seeing and and everyone's seeing all these players score like 95s and 100s and all that kind of, players that we didn't even think about and now they're wondering shit should i get this person in my team
1: like absolutely you should bring in Doc lock
0: like justin from the block left a comment on the website.
1: Thanks, Justin. He's, uh,
0: he's asking, is Luke Foley a good downgrade option if his premium defenders continue to spot it up? And my answer to that is no. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, Justin. The reason West Coast aren't very good when their best players are out is because they don't afford any of their younger players Job security, and I know you. Th- and I know you'll th- be like, but they played like Willie Rioli and Liam Ryan and Dom Sheed and all these top draft picks. Like as soon as they drafted them, you're right. But these players that they drafted, like pick forty, pick fifty, pick sixty, even players that they drafted, like pick thirty, come in, play their role, leave. Luke Foley is one of those players where. I think he could be very good if West Coast kept him in the team. He was recruited as a mature age selection, and honestly, he shouldn't be left on the shelf because he is a very, very, very good player. And yes, he scored 98 on the weekend, but no, I don't think he's a good selection because I don't think he stays in that West Coast team once everyone is available.
1: I think you summed it up quite perfectly with that. So West Coast are in all sorts of trouble as well. And they're just waiting for guys to kind of swoop in and take other people's positions. So it's really hard to see the long term.
0: Just a reminder, guys, um, we do this every week. You can send emails out to uh, jockmailbag at com to get your questions answered. Not a lot of questions this week. So Clarky, I am going to do something that we don't usually do on the mailbag. We-
1: yep. But I actually think we need to go through and... So, uh, starting off round two, you got the Western Bulldogs up against Carlton. Uh, I hate to say it. I'm sorry. I think Western Bulldogs will bounce back from last week. Carlton are a much better team um, than they were last year. But definitely, um, definitely, I think it's the Dogs game. I
0: think the Western Bulldogs win this. I don't think they're going to win by as much as people probably think, though. I think it's going to be like a two-goal game. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that.
0: Like, so I'm going to say the Dogs by about 13 points. And in the Carlton game, people will be looking for the likes of George Hewitt to back up their round ones, seeing if he can back up his 131. People will be looking to see if, well, Justin who'd answered the question earlier, plus a lot of other people. We look to see if Adam Trelaw can bounce back from his 79. There'll be lots of people seeing like who is going to hold on to their round one form and who is going to bounce back. And hopefully this game gives people more of an idea of how both teams are going to go super coach wise for the season.
1: Also vice captain McRae.
0: Put the vice captaincy on McRae, of course. Yes. Yeah. Next game is Sydney and Geelong at the SCG. Is this the game that Buddy will kick his 1000th goal? Probably not. Who knows? Who really if, knows?
1: I feel like we're going to be asking that question every week until it finally happens until he's like one goal away.
0: I think I think the AFL are preparing for it to be this game. The AFL has allocated a 20-minute game break after he kicks his 1000th goal because they think the ground is going to get flooded with fans.
1: Do people do that? Like now? Like I've seen that happen historically.
0: All all I know is the AFL has allocated a 20 minute game break after he kicks his thousands goal in case people flood the field.
1: Yeah. He kicks it. And then Gil gets on like the walkie talkies of security. That's it. Just back down. You're not going to be able to take them all. You're not going to be able to take them all. They're coming on. They're coming on the ground. (laughs) I don't think in COVID they'd let that happen. Surely. Oh, I,
0: I, I don't know. There, there, there will be some people that come onto the ground. But the thing <laughs> yeah. is, like, if it's only, like, two people, those two people will, will get banned. Tackled, yes. If it's, if it's like, a crowd of people, they're not going to ban everyone.
1: Yeah, they can't get it. They all, they can't get us all. Um, I think Sydney win it, though.
0: Yeah, I think Sydney. I think Geelong, I don't think Geelong played that well last week. I think it was just that Essendon were really bad.
1: Yeah, I hate to bring personal bias into this, but um, I don't care for Geelong. Uh, I like I like many Geelong players, but I think as a club, something about them just maybe it's like the danger field kind of like vibe Joel Selwood kind of vibe that just ruins a lot of it for me.
0: It's kind of like the New England Patriots in the NFL. people, especially back when it was the top back when Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were winning everything. Yeah,
1: like I love Tom Hawkins and Zach Guthrie. Uh, uh, Zach Toey as well. another good one. Cam Guthrie, both of the Guthries, Tom Stewart, lots of really good players. The club, can't stand them.
0: Moving on to Saturday, Collingwood play Adelaide. Collingwood played a lot better than I expected against St. Kilda, and I don't know if either team were actually that good, but Collingwood, Collingwood looked like they were not worried about so much how they disposed of it, just as long as the ball kept moving forwards towards their goal, and it panned out. Just getting it into their forward 50 resulted in goals for Collingwood and it meant that they won a pretty entertaining game. but I said this while I was watching the game this looked like 12th playing 13th.
1: yeah it was um it was a rough game to watch, I think for both both sides Great to see Nick Dakos. I thought he was fantastic um and definitely definitely one of like the pure young talents from the last draft squad. So good to see that uh, he got to display why the hype is real out in the field. So very, very comfortable having him as my uh, M6 or 7.
0: And Jordan Dawson scored 98, not really having a great game. Kind of tried kind of tried to tour the game up against the Dockers in that third quarter, but still didn't have the greatest game and skills still scored ninety eight. So people will be happy with that. And then you yeah, the likes of Ben Keys that people really wanted to select who had a good game, scored well for Supercoach in that game, and people will be happy with what he produced. Um and then on the Collingwood side you had Nick Dacos as you mentioned before. Plus well, Jordan DeGoey had, had, had a good game. Some nice. people aren't selecting him, but he had a good game. Uh Brody Grundy probably didn't have his best game but still managed 110 124 rather yeah so
1: I think um I think there's a lot to say on both sides some really Rochelle coming out with that 114 as well don't think he does that every week but um, he's got he's
0: got a better chance of backing it up against Collingwood though than he would against a team like Melbourne or the Western Bulldogs or Port Adelaide
1: yeah um as much as as much as I don't want to say it, uh, I think Collingwood probably have this one at the G. Um, yeah,
0: if it was at Adelaide Oval, I would probably say Adelaide. Yeah,
1: same, same, our home ground advantage.
0: Um, Essendon against Brisbane Lions at Marvel Stadium. Essendon love playing at Marvel Stadium, but I think Brisbane have this.
1: Brisbane are much better than Essendon, especially if the Essendon from last week turns up. Jordan Ridley, that sixty-eight, is I, like, an even watching him play, not reflective of some of his best footy. Same with Darcy Parish getting thrown like. It seemed like uh, Truck was just throwing the magnets around to see what would stick when you're that far behind. And yeah, you, like, you hate to see it because, you know, you've got all these guys who have done so much work. And I think that and are a growing team. Like, they they have yeah. a lot of young talent. They have a new coach. You know, Truck's been there for a couple of years now. So you really want to be seeing that forward progression. And I don't think last week was the best reflection of that. So hopefully this week they can get just... I'd love to see consistency from those roles. And I
0: really hope that Essendon don't wait until the Anzac Day game to get going, like they usually do.
1: Yeah, I don't think Patch could, could handle that.
0: Yeah, I think um they definitely want to look better against Brisbane, but I don't think they do enough to win.
1: Objectively, I'd have to say, as far as like talent-wise, they're just leagues ahead, Um. Barry had a pretty good game last week as well. Supercoach coach just super probably took some chances on him. So I think a 68 from, you know, was two, he 230, 240? Uh, he's
0: 268, but 268. remember he went off with a shoulder injury and yeah. was managed throughout the rest of the game, only playing limited game minutes off the bench. So yeah, aces. they've, um, they've said that he's fit to play this week. So hopefully we get more of an idea of how he's going to perform for teams, especially those that took the punt on him. Lockie um, Neal
1: in back Lock- to Brownlow form.
0: Lockie Neal scored 140, just cruising. So people who paid up for paid for him will be happy. Um, Essendon, we did really just want to see a better showing from, like you said, Ridley Parish. You know all those players, and we want to see if Nick Martin can go close to backing what he, what he did up oh, again. it was exciting, and wasn't he? His job security is now improved with Carl Langford out for ten weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So look to look to keep him in your sides for a bit.
0: Um, Next game is Port Adelaide and Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval. I don't think we need to say much here. Port Adelaide wins this, I would say, fairly comfortably.
1: Yep, Zach Butters with another ton. I'd love a bigger score from Josh Ward and Connor McDonald.
0: We may not see much what we want to from because it's up against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, but you would hope that Ward and McDonald hold their spot. You'd hope Mitchell's backing in the youth to bring Hawthorne, you know, to build a core group again to build Hawthorne back up, but we may not see what we want to from them. So probably better on your bench this week, but still do not trade them. There looks like they're going to play most games this year.
1: Yeah. And we'd love to see some more sleeves, even if it is from uh, Chad Wingard.
0: Uh, Gold Coast and Melbourne on the Gold Coast at Metricon Stadium. Gold Coast were very good against West Coast. Matt Rowe, Took Miller, Jared Witts. We spoke about those three guys um already. Um, can they back it up against Melbourne? No, I think Melbourne win this. I think, but like I said, Wits, Rao, Miller, Anderson against Gorn, Petraka, Oliver, Viney. It is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they match up. This
1: may surprise you, but, uh, I am tipping Melbourne. Um. I'm shocked. (laughs) Absolutely shocking. Um. I genuinely, and this is probably the place for me to throw out all of my craziness. I think Ben Brown could win a Coleman at Melbourne. I don't see why he couldn't.
0: He looked really, really good against Western Bulldogs.
1: And it makes me feel good because when he's not kicking goals, you know who is? Bailey, mother square head, Fritch. Um, Petrarca, I hope, probably could go another 160. I'm also kind of tempted to throw... Maybe a C on either Petrarca or Raul, because I have both of them. Just because I think there's going to be a lot of contested ball in that midfield. So I think it is literally going to be a playground for points for Oliver owners, Raul owners, Miller owners, Petrarca And
0: owners. the good thing about Gold Coast, not not that they lose, but that how the game is going, how the game is scoring, does not affect how well they score.
1: Yeah, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? I, just, I love Gold Coast. Such a great underdog team.
0: Moving on to Sunday, North Melbourne play West Coast at Marvel Stadium. West Coast look like they're going to get Liam Ryan, um, Luke Shuey, Jack Darling back, among some other experienced names. Um, I'll let you tip this one first.
1: Um, As much as I'd love to think North Melbourne will win this, just given the names that are coming back to West Coast, I think they're they're just the more together side, I think. North Melbourne still have a little bit of a way to come to sort of getting some consistency in like a brand of footy. But um, Horn Francis, what an absolute... Aaron Hall as well had a brilliant super coach game last week.
0: People who went with Aaron Hall after he had sat out for a month with a hamstring injury were bold and it paid off. I, I wouldn't have done it because I can't pick players that have had an interrupted preseason. But people who did make that swing we're rewarded and congrats to them
1: you know what it's kind of the perfect example i think of in super cage where picking a player and not picking a player both answers are right if that makes any sense because you know what, you picked him for the right reasons because you backed in his ability and the ability is 100 percent there but the people who didn't feel comfortable taking the risk you're also right for doing that because build a team that you're confident in that you can build on um, yeah. it's a marathon, not a sprint, but the, the hall owners are absolutely I applaud, I applaud you. I took the risks elsewhere, um, on my team, so I couldn't fit him in myself, but yeah, it's, it's definitely paid off. So I think he'll probably back that up as long as he's healthy. I don't see any reason why he can't be a top 10 defender.
0: Again. Yeah. Um, I'm actually tipping North Melbourne because, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Dockers fan. I'm saying this because North Melbourne beat West Coast. At Optus Stadium last year, when West Coast had a more experienced lineup. And North Melbourne will take a lot of confidence from that, I think. And they'll want to be better than they were against Hawthorne. I just I just think North Melbourne might not be starting the season 0-2.
1: Yeah, uh, look, I can see it either way, um, as far as that, as far as the result goes. It's kind of um, a little bit of a who cares cup, though. As well, <laughs> sorry, Asa. Possibly
0: one of the hardest games to tip this week is Richmond and the Giants at the MCG. You want to pick Richmond, but you but, pick the Giants. <laughs> but man, like the Giants could come out and smash Richmond.
1: I I am kind of confused as to how well I rate Richmond. Um, like Dusty was really good last week, and in, in patches, Shea Bolton I think played a pretty reasonable game. Jaden Short, great super coach option.
0: I'm going to come out and say it right now. I think Richmond Giants will be game of the round. It's
1: probably the closest. I think
0: think it will be a game decided within 10 points. I think we will see big performances from a whole host of players. Um, But yeah, I think... I, I'm tipping Richmond with zero confidence.
1: I'm tipping GWS mostly because I want Josh Kelly, Stephen Canelio and Lockie Whitfield to have good games. Lots so of people
0: I'm... will be hoping for that who selected him in their supercoach coach yep. teams. Um, Voting for good do- Juju. Fans will be hoping that Josh Gibkiss can intercept a lot of balls and score well for their supercoach coach teams. Um, but also they'll be hoping that the likes of Jack Graham doesn't back up his 48 with another 48 and, heads more towards premium territory. And then you got the likes of Toby Nankervis, who you highlighted as a possible alternative to Gorn and Grundy. The tank. And um, hopefully Nank can uh, produce better than what he did on the weekend.
1: He's got a lead by example. That's what a good captain does. It's coming. Uh,
0: last game, Fremantle-St. Kilda. If this was in Melbourne, I would actually be tipping St. Kilda. I'm not, I'm not going to lie.
1: I like Fremantle. I like him. And I'm not saying that just because you're here. Um, I think St. Kilda have a lot to improve on um, after last week. Just in terms of, I think, throughout that game, there was a lot of consistency issues in terms of how well they were performing. Um,
0: I mean, the Dockers let Adelaide kick six goals in a row.
1: Yeah, but did you see Heath Chapman? How he saved that goal? That was amazing.
0: I was reading something earlier today from Champion Data. He actually didn't get 20 points from his spoil. He got his points from, from a... From a knock on to advantage, which result, because it was knocked on to yeah. Brennan Cox. So he was given points for um, a one percenter, a knock on to advantage, a knock on contested ball, and something else that meant that it all accumulated to 20 points. It wasn't that the spoil was worth 20 points. And it wasn't actually considered a spoil by champion data either because his opponent wasn't considered to be in a marking contest.
1: Huh. The more, you know, I think, yeah,
0: I um, love these little tidbits, that champion <laughs> data releases. Like you, you it's only get, get some clarity. Like you only get little tidbits, but I love them. They're just so good coming out.
1: Um, I think ultimately St. Kilda, I think super coach wise, we'll see improvements from Jack Steele. Jade Gresham, I think really paid off, um, for a lot of owners. Uh, was it who was it Sinclair I think Jack Sinclair
0: um Marto took a punt on Jack Sinclair and he scored a hundred points and so he'll be happy with him yeah um jack Steele. jack Steele started last season with a 90 or something and then scored 122 the week after so it's like if jack Steele probably runs into the max score rule where it's fine
1: <laughs> it's probably the same rule that we have in the preseason though where it's you know what we go we go off the limited data that we had at the time and jack Steele is still he's a jet like he's a jet football player like you can't you can't like there's There's no way that he doesn't score the points, like in terms of the role that he has with St. Kilda, the importance that he has to their ongoing structure and how crucial he is to their success. One game's an anomaly. One's an anomaly. That's how it is. You know, always back yourself in. I think he'll be up this week. Um, Frio, Andrew Brayshaw. Your man, John 127.
0: I backed him in. I think he's going to push into that top eight midfield in super coach position. And showed something, showed nothing on the weekend to tell me otherwise.
1: Yeah, Will Brody as well. Another one that you had everyone clued up in on the preseason. Um, very much a 76 from him as a 224 mid forward. Pretty happy with that. Can't, and can't 76 complain. from
0: like 68 percent game time or something as well. So scored well for the amount of time that he was on the field, which is good and. His endurance hasn't been his best attribute, um, best aspect of his game, so they will be building that as the season goes on, but to score 76 in a little amount of game time is pretty good. And like we said, guys, make sure you leave your comments, leave your questions, send us emails. Leave questions on the website. I'm going to start a hashtag, hashtag JockMailBag. We will look for that hashtag if you want to ask us a question. Good luck for round two. Remember, don't trade unless you have an injury that is long term. And we will see you next week.
1: We love you.